Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge, and welcome to season two, episode 30 of Every Damn Day. And today we've got our good friend Luna here, and we are going to be talking about mental health and mental illness in our community and the good and the bad and the ugly of it. So how you doing today, Luna? I'm doing okay. It's uh, uh, We were talking in the car about kind of what we were going to talk about, and you used the same exact term, yeah. so I went with that one. Uh, I think that let's start out if you don't mind. Well, however you want. How would you like to start out uh, uh, the discussion? I guess just a little background about myself. Um, I'm non-binary. I'm in terms of my diagnosis, diagnoses. I'm autistic. I am. I have treatment-resistant depression. I've been through pretty much all the possible treatments and none of them have really done a ton. And I have a lot of anxiety that I deal with. I've been hospitalized over two dozen times. I've been, yeah, kind of all around the mental health system. When you say hospitalized, is that like a three-day stay at community mental health or is it a no i don't even variety? count the mental oh, okay. i don't even count cmh in that count um no uh usually they average about seven days i'd say uh but that's that's a typical hospital stay for most people out i mean there are long-term hospitals out there but usually that's more in the criminal system of mental health yeah you and you and i have uh talked a lot you talk to me a lot and I talk to you a lot about mm -hmm. this issue. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to remember that we have to tell people what we're talking about sometimes. So, uh, the, do you mind if I jump into, uh, some of those stays that like, you know, when to check in? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm one of those ones that I feel like gets on their, their nerves a little bit because I'm, I, I do keep going back in all the time and I know when to check in, which is not often, I don't know. It, it can be viewed differently than someone who like is obviously needs to go into others and doesn't want to go in. Like there, there's both sides to that spectrum when you're talking about hospitalizations. And when you go into a hospital, you'll meet both people like both, sides of that spectrum i'm one of the types that i've like almost always taken myself in um and i think that's because like i don't know i guess i i have hope of finding something better even though it, it often doesn't work out the way i hope but it, it gives me a break i'd say um and allows me to kind of reset my mind and so get away from the stressors you've always kind of done that or it was an acquired kind of skill uh it was uh, kind of skill? acquired it's <laughs> i don't i don't know if it's a skill uh it, it can be though uh seeking out help when you need it is definitely like viewed as a skill within the mental health system um though it, it can often be viewed by some people as like someone just 
crying wolf all the time too and that's how some within the system view it so you get both those sides and i i have to walk a fine line like i can't you know get help every time i feel bad because then it does turn into that whole crying wolf situation but i know when things are getting bad and i know when i'm getting like like i want to end it like i don't have anywhere else to turn mm-hmm. like it's it's too bad that they present like that that you know yeah. there's a good some of them react okay to it and some of them are negative yeah because like you said if someone's suicidal we want them reaching out we want them to yeah. get help but they yeah. don't they they often don't take it seriously unless that person is like actively trying to commit suicide unless you can like catch them in the act they don't take it as seriously when someone says they're suicidal it's like we we all know the words we need to use to get help um in the system and being suicidal is part of that like you're you're not going to get hospitalized you're not going to get help unless you're suicidal let's be frank and so it turns into a code word kind of used within the system um and and it 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 does have this double it's this double-sided coin again like some people see it as like oh they're crying wolf they're just using that code word and others are seeing it as like oh they genuinely need help they are suicidal but part of the problem is you shouldn't have to get to that point where you're you have a knife against your throat uh to get that help and that's a big part of the problem i i want to come back to that but i have one more question about that recognizing when to go in Mm -hmm. how how what did you have an epiphany one day did you start to feel you know did you kind of map out your continuum my first hospitalizations weren't like weren't really the first one period anyways i never planned to go into the hospital really i was just feeling really out of it i wasn't even really completely feeling suicidal but I was really out of it and my girlfriend at the time was in the mental health system already and she suggested we just go to the ER and talk to them there and I basically got right in. That was when I had private insurance though too Mm -hmm. and there is a big difference between having private insurance and being on Medicaid and Medicare um, in terms of your ability to get help and uh, what level of help you need before you can get that help at times. That's uh, see, that's the scary part, right? And then maybe that goes to what you were kind of getting at where, you know, it's not, or you have uh, experience where you go in, you kind of get your, your break. I think you called it. Mm-hmm. Then you come back out and nothing is cured. No, yeah. You come right back to what you left generally. And yeah that's that's hard uh it's really hard because you you feel like like when you you when you walk out of those doors a lot of times you're like oh i got my shit together i'm gonna start doing this and this and live these healthy lifestyles that we talked about in groups and stuff um but but you come right back to the same shit you left and nothing's really changed and it's it's really hard to continue on that motivation that doesn't mean that you don't uh 
that some things don't change for the better because a lot of times I do have a lot of good things that come out of the hospitalization, but that coming back to reality is very difficult um, when coming up. One more on this, and then we'll go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. What what would cure look like? You said anxiety, depression, and autism. So the autism, there is no cure. There, there shouldn't be a cure. Right. Uh, I was going to ask that very question. But, but the depression and the anxiety, I would love a cure more than anything to not be depressed and to just feel satisfied with life. Like... I think that's all of our goals and like treatment resistant depression is just like having this feeling of constant, like life just sucks all the time, even though you want it to be good. Like I don't want it to feel this crappy, but it does. And yeah, I don't know. A cure would just be feeling satisfied with life, uh, with what I have. And I think a lot of that personally, me, would be uh, putting an end to fucking capitalism first and foremost. I'm, I'm with you there. And <laughs> but uh, especially the consumerism side. Yes, the sure. consumerism for sure. Like <clears throat> our society is so toxic, it's hard not to be depressed. And it's no wonder we have like these rising rates of mental illness like throughout our country when like you just look at this and we're in end stage capitalism and everything is toxic. Like prices are skyrocketing. People have less money than ever. The minimum wage is, hasn't really risen since I've graduated high school, maybe a tiny bit. I don't even know if it so has, it's not even close to being what yeah. you need to survive. Yeah. No, like I, I live on disability and I'm, I consider myself very lucky that I've been able to qualify for that because of my disabilities, but it's, it's not much like it's, it's hard to survive on disability. I live, I've been living for the last 10 years on about $10,000 a year. And that's well below the poverty. Line. Yeah. So, uh, how let, let's go into the, good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'll ask you some questions as it relates to you, maybe. And we'll say hi to Karen, and we'll read what she said after. Yeah. Oh, back. hey, Karen. Um, tell us some good and bad and the ugly about the the whole mental health system, or maybe even bigger than that, the mental illness systems. Like, what we, took, we got to capitalism a yeah. little bit. So wherever you want to go, no boundaries. So let's, let's talk about the good, I guess. And the good um can also overlap with the bad again there's a double-sided coin a lot of double-sided coins in the mental health system but uh the good would have to be some of the, like some of the workers in the mental health system we put them through a lot of shit at times too uh they deal with a ton of a ton of stuff like stuff that you wouldn't even want to imagine i've seen some very ugly sides to the mental health system and known some people who've been through some really rough stuff. And I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a caseworker at times with, with some of these, like the wide variety of cases and the extremes again. Um, but yeah, definitely that's, that's the good side is there's some really good workers 
But again, there's some really bad workers too, but that's, that's any workplace. Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, do you think that people just get jaded over time? Oh Maybe yes, for if, sure. Yeah. So, you know, you come in and, uh, you tell them about what you're going through, then the next person, then the next person, and they're just feeling that pain. So they probably start out really empathetic and understanding yeah, and then start feeling that pain until they're like, I've got to put my own defense. wonder how many people in the mental health profession get depressed and get anxiety. I would assume it's pretty high. Like I can't, the, the ones I've known who've done really well, uh, were people who like really spent a lot of time on, uh, really uh really putting time into themselves like the one of the best caseworkers i ever knew uh karen actually knew knew her too i'm sure uh but one of the best uh caseworkers i ever knew in the cmh was one of my first caseworkers her name was anna but i won't go into any more details um but she she's put tons of time into herself and um like doing meditation doing like retreats like at uh the buddhist centers and stuff and she put a ton of time into herself and to her dogs she loved her dogs Mm -hmm. and like it really showed like how much like how great she uh took care of herself and that shows a lot too like if you don't have time to take care of yourself in the mental health profession you probably shouldn't be in the mental health profession Mm -hmm. because you 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 do have to take care of yourself or you will get worn out i would imagine anyone like i get worn out in the mental health system as it is just as a consumer and i don't deal with half the crap that the actual workers who who are doing this full time as their job deal right. with. So it, I had uh, Justin Kane on the show last week and he's a person with disabilities. He had a brain hemorrhage when he was uh, in fourth grade. And he, he talked about, you know, his before then and then the after then, and that most people with disabilities acquire that disability after they're born. They're not born yeah. with it mental illness is complicated right because there are genetic uh leanings right people may be more prone to be depressed or anxious or what have you autism it's all uh see yeah autism like i was born with it but i didn't know i had it until i was an adult really but most people in my generation didn't know we had it uh my dad i'm is like I joke he's more autistic than I am and he's not diagnosed and I've never really even had the conversation with him but like everyone who knows him is like certain that they're that he's autistic as well but it it doesn't really make a difference with that one if you've lived your whole life with it the mm-hmm. like when you've lived your whole life with it it, it is different than like the depression and the anxiety I haven't lived my whole life with. And those are really what are the disabling factors. Yeah. Like the autism alone, I lived with just fine prior to 
to basically the treatment resistant depression and stuff. And yeah, when I say treatment resistant, I've, I've tried every treatment I've had electroconvulsive therapy. I've had ketamine therapy. I've been on every medication there is for it. So what I want to stay in that, in the beginning stages, I guess, for you, what do you, or not for you, but for what we were talking about with so many new cases coming up, mm-hmm. what what do you think we're doing as a community that is it is it lack of connection? Is it the you know in the last five years we have had to give up half our friends and half our family because one half of them went with Trump and half of them went the other oh, way. Oh yeah, that's, you know, not, that's an average. It's probably not. No, I've I've definitely given up some friends and family over politics in the last few years. And that loss of connection just yeah. increases the probability. Yeah. And yeah, with COVID too, like yeah, we're we're seeing a mental health epidemic, I feel, and the system doesn't know how to cope with it, but I don't know. It's yeah. It's rough out there. It's it's really gotten rough in recent years. Um, Let's go to the bad. Yeah. We said some good, right? Uh, what about bad? The bad um, is, a, I think it's the systemization, like the kind of the, the, the systemic nature of um, mental health care. Uh, kind of like we see with prisons, uh, especially when it, when you get into the the criminal uh, justice side of mental health care, where you do get into those long term hospitals. Those places can be abusive hellholes, and like patients are still dying in inpatient settings the same way people are dying in prisons over horrible stuff like and then on top of that you can be in with sometimes very violent patients in those settings and like witness multiple murders in patient just because there's nothing else to do with uh some severe severe cases i've had some friends who've been in the criminal like the the long-term criminal mental health hospitals and the the horror stories i hear from those places is is terrifying compared to just my own horror stories like i've i've been tackled within a hospital over some of the stupidest shit um like the the one time i was tackled in the hospital uh I was being accused of throwing stuff at staff and I basically got in an argument with staff, basically telling them I didn't do that. And then I got pissed off and decided I would just walk away. And then they tried to grab me from behind when I was walking away to my room where I was trying to go to calm down. And I tried to push them off me and they tackled me and I tried following the recipient rights request on that and it was uh it was completely denied because they they argued that since i tried to push them off me i was being threatening to them when all i was doing was pushing someone off who was trying to grab me from behind when i was walking back to my room 
to calm down over an argument where I was being falsely accused of stuff in patient. So that's definitely a bad. Yeah. Um, one second, I'm going to talk to Pigeon Patrol. I will ask your question in about five minutes or so. I want to stay on the bad topic for a minute. Uh, one thing related to you were talking about long-term care and, and what can happen in those facilities. You and I were also talking about the cuts to mental health oh, that yeah. happen. And a lot of those cuts, talking about the prison system, people with mental illness get put in prison more often now. Yeah. And they go untreated for yep. the whole term. In a yeah, lot of cases. the mental illness specifically, um, you, you see a lot end up in the prison system just to because they they're trying to avoid the putting them in the mental health system because it's a lot more work for them. Right. It's a lot easier to just lock them up. Um, and then you, you see the developmental disability population. They have a whole nother problem, which is they're getting their, their services cut completely. We used to have in, in EM County throughout EM County, we had programs known as transitions programs through CMH and they were basically day programs for the developmentally disabled. I used to go to one actually uh, that was more for the higher functioning uh, people, Transition Central. It was located right around the corner from right by the South Lansing Library there. Uh, and all of them got shut down under the guise of uh, trying to create more, trying to get us into the community more was the excuse they were using. To, to basically, they said that um, keeping us in day programs violated our rights because we weren't being integrated into the community is specifically the language they used. And then they gave you no tools or services yeah, or they, programs. The, yeah, it was supposed to be replaced with this peer support program where we work one-on-one -on -one with each other. Like, And I was even trained as a peer support for a while, but... I didn't see that program really taking off the way it should, and it couldn't fit, fill the needs of the amount of people that needed that support. Uh, you're talking like workers working one-on-one, -on -one and we weren't even getting paid for transportation on top of that. Like, mm -hmm. like, so I was taking an hour bus ride to get to help someone and then working with them for an hour and then taking an hour bus ride home and I got paid for an hour. Yeah. You know, uh, the system was just set up to fail. So now you're making even less than, way yeah. less than minimum wage again. Yeah. Uh, Except the government cuts half of it out of my paycheck because on top of that, like. Because you get. Uh, when you're on disability, yeah, you get cuts to your disability. You get cuts to food stamps if you're on there. And if you're in subsidized housing as well, you have to pay more for your subsidized housing when you're working as well. So it works out to making about 30 cents for every dollar you actually make. Who comes up with this shit? Uh, government. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about that at the end, I think. Um, it just seems ridiculous, right? That yeah. the people who need us the most, we make it harder and harder on. And we say, oh, we're helping you here with this that you need. And then just completely screw the rest of your oh, That's why needs. I quit my last job. I love that job, too. I oh, was yeah. working at the VOA uh, selling antiques. You did love that job. You know, and 
I mean, there were there were things that irritated me about the company, like any company, but like I liked the job itself. It was fun. Like I love going through antiques and like I've been thrift storing my whole life. So mm -hmm. so uh let's let's jump into before we go to the ugly, uh Pigeon Patrol, I'm not sure who that is. Thoughts on neuro linguistic programming. I'm not real it? familiar with it. All right, then we're going to have to do some research on it and yeah. maybe post some links. Um, and if Pigeon Patrol wants to give us a quick definition, we'll come back to it maybe. But uh, let's jump into the ugly. What's the ugly part? And I, I guess the good is here's what's sort of working or could be making it work. The bad is here are some really um, things that are causing this. And the ugly is maybe what this is doing to our community. Yeah, to our the systemic problems in general. Like we've all known people who are going through mental health crises that are, have gone for ages without getting the help they need in terms of finances and stuff. And you, you know, you, you have people homeless because they can't get disability. They can't get, uh, food stamps they can't get the basic services they need in our communities to get by and then you have shelters and that's your your solution is like oh if they're homeless they should go to shelter but these shelters are sometimes abusive in themselves right. and not to mention we don't have a single shelter in lansing that is safe for trans people right we've talked about you know, that before. like yeah it, it's it's horrendous what we try and use we the excuses we try and make for why why things are as bad as they are instead of just doing something let's do something different let's figure out how to help every trans person get housed as fast as we possibly can and yeah. not need a trans friendly shelter we'd probably still uh, need it because you have transit we got to right? talk about the landlords and the Okay, you want to talk about the landlords? Oh uh, no, okay. I, I I don't want to end up behind bars anytime soon. Okay, so no problem. I uh, don't talk about landlords in public anymore. You know, they <laughs> talking about the unhoused people that are suffering with a mental illness. Once they are unhoused, that inertia to get back housed and to get into treatment and to make your treatments when you're supposed to is overwhelming oh yeah and if you screw up along the way you can have to start over from scratch like i still like i was actually supposed to get my uh student loans written off because of my disability um years ago uh but because i had to move around three times in one year when i was basically on the edge of homelessness myself i uh didn't update my address for them during this process and they just scrapped it completely and now i have to start completely over from scratch if i ever want to try and get that written off again in the meantime i'm just not paying them and having them yell at me every once in a while <laughs> so we've got a, a few minutes left here what as we we're talking to our community we're talking to other communities what could an individual who's watching right now, what could they do to make an impact? That's the question I want us to ask. You want me to answer mine first? Cause yours is better. Sure. Uh, mine would be 
find somebody that you're really mad at and haven't talked to for a while that isn't really violating a value that bad. So if they're a racist and a bigot and you want to stay away from them, that's, I mean, not those people, but there's somebody out there. Just make a phone call today and tell them you love them or tell them whatever, you know, might just start to mend that connection. It's actually, first thing I did when I got out of the psych hospital most recently was mend a broken relationship. Yeah. An old friend. Yeah. Is it working out? Uh, so far. All right. What would your advice be? Um, uh, get out, get involved in your community, get go vote in elections, talk to your politicians and talk to them about these issues and about actually working towards solutions rather than just cutting funds towards mental health all the time. Cause we need it, the system needs a lot of work. And they're the only ones who can really give us the resources we need at this point. Uh, aside from that, help out in your community. Yeah. Just be involved. All right. And learn more. And we're yeah. going to go learn more about neuro-linguistic programming, I think. I'll look it up. I'll let you yeah. know. Um, and I'm going to say what Karen said. Uh, I think this is a perfect way to kind of go out with the show. Hi, Luna. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience with all of us. You are an inspiration and I'm so glad to know you. And I do wish I could go zap and make your depression and anxiety go away. Oh, right. You, They've are... already tried the zap. Part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll get better. Um, but you're you're such a joy to have around into the con contributions you've done in the free store and the things that you do here at the fledge and we really love you and we're really happy that you came on the show and that you come and hang out with us all the time so anything else you wanted to say no all right so there's a start on mental illness we're probably going to have more shows with luna this year so love y'all love each other we'll talk to you later see ya have a good one